Peace, peace. You are listening to Almond Rock Connections, where, like it is, where our story and history reveals the mystery, or, or as we like to say, my story. I'm Kane, and I'm joined here with Richard. And today we're going to be talking about a very important topic, like we always do every day. But this one's going to be, um, well, we think all the topics are kind of very important, but this one is definitely going to be one that's a little different. And this one is going to be on transhumanism. Yes, this is a very, um, there are a lot of uh, stepping stone pieces that I would say are in society today that are very, that are definitely pushing um, humanity towards the transhuman agenda. And so I think that's a very important thing to cover and important thing to show as we, um, or not um, to talk about, because just as um, certain agendas, like even, you know, just as certain agendas may start off one way, they may start off very benign, not very, not have a lot of traction, maybe something we may see is something that is here now will be gone tomorrow. I think it's, um, it's something if we don't keep our, you know, if we don't keep our eyes on things that are happening, it's something that can easily turn into something that's way more than we expected it to be. So I think that's um, I think that's one important reason why we want to talk about this. But just like any time, we always start off with any current events and things we have going on. So I want to start off with Richard. Is Richard, you have any current event, anything you want to share before we get into our topic? Yeah, sure do. Um, and it's uh, my question is, why are gas prices in America so high? So we're the world's largest producer of oil and oil exporting is one of our main uh, sources of um, uh, the the products that we export out of America uh, is oil. So my thing is, if we have so much oil here, why are we paying premium prices for it? Why are we paying three, four, five, six dollars per gallon? Um, if we have so much oil. So we're talking about what's best for the people versus what's best for corporations. And it is set up that way. It shouldn't be that way. It should be for the people, for the corporations, you know, in tandem. But from my little research about, uh, in discussion with Cain about uh, Rome, and uh, it dawned on me that the Romans had senators uh, we were discussing the Senate, and I asked Cain, did, did they have, you know, was that all they had with senators? And we both agreed that that's what it was, senators. So since America is an experiment, a European experiment, doing something different, I'm looking at it as, okay, this is the United States, the Republic, and a democracy. So I'm thinking, well, the democracy part must be the House of Representatives. Now that the people have a voice in the politics, that the Romans didn't, that must be the experiment. So if that's the case, then I think our democracy part is failing us because there should be a part of this country's values that if we pump gas out of oil and gas out of our ground, then the people should get their fair share of it, not have to pay the private investors, the private entities, because that's what it is, it's private companies that pull the gas out of the ground and then charge us three, four, five, six dollars a gallon for it. That doesn't make any sense. That sounds like the Senate, but not the House of Representatives because I'm sure if the people understood what's going on, that we would all be asking for the same thing or not asking, demanding that the gas that comes out of the ground that we live on and pay taxes to uh, a government to keep it running, why should corporations get away with making billions and profit, not just billions in sales, but billions in profit, particularly during the pandemic stage where they raked in um, absurd, obscene amounts of money and profit, and we're paying for that. So as we suffer, they get richer, and that's not fair as far as I'm concerned. Yes, yes, and I think that's uh, very important to to even mention, because just as uh, Richard said, even with the pandemic, and just as winter approaching again, and even me, um, just as before we started this show today, me and Richard, we saw, um, we were looking at articles that were talking about a diesel shortage um, coming to, you know, there's one article that said, no, there's, you know, we're not going to run out of diesel in 25 days. And then there was another article that said, um, 
the D, you know, how the or the encore, uh, basically what's happening. Why why is the U.S. short on diesel? You know, so it's basically, and so I looked at both of the because the articles are side by side. So I looked at both of the articles and I said, you know what this sounds like? Prices are going up. That is what it sounds. So it's like they're not saying we won't have anything, so that our economy won't be at a standstill. But they are admitting we don't have as much as we should have, as far as that. And I think, like this goes back to the point that Richard was saying that how can we, um, you know, if that's one of the main exports being fuel and petroleum from America, it's just how you know how you know it. Are we exporting so much and making so much money off of it that we're not, like you said, is you know going back to the days of Rome where it's just the Senate and you know the people in the Senate making money, and you know it's you know they're not really involved in the decisions of the people. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that we have to look at, uh, even with that as well, because like I said, with the pandemic coming back up I can definitely see that you know um, a fuel shortage be another reason that they want to uh, artificially inflate prices as well so you know it just as um, uh, what you're saying is you know the corporations made so much money off the pan- you know off the pandemic I think this is another um, opportunity as we can see the writing on the wall as our good uh, friend Stevie would say um, as we can see the writing on the wall we should be able to, I think, uh, prepare ourselves to make sure that um, we're not caught as flat-footed as we caught, as we were, you know, last time, you know, kind of unprepared and um, unexpected for the pandemic as well. And so I think that's one of the um, uh, the biggest things with that, especially when it talks about the um, fuel shortage as well, is just remembering how um, some of, you know, the supply chain issues were affected in that, goods you know most of the goods in america are delivered by trucks so the diesel has a direct the price and um, supply of diesel has a direct effect on our economy and state as well and so um was that anything else you wanted to add about your current event richard that was pretty yeah i wanted to also um talk about those prices being raised and the reasons they're being raised because we're like when you watch the news, uh, particularly with the voting thing and, and their polling and people are saying that they're really concerned with inflation. You know, I mean, I would be too, because price is going up. We're, we don't, we're not getting a pay raise. So now the little money that we do make uh, has to be stretched even further. So I'm looking at the reasons why prices are going up. And I think that that's something where we're being gouged. You know, the public is being gouged. And so the fear of gasoline uh, or diesel being um, uh, scarce, you know, uh, which signals price is going to go up because anytime, you know, they talk about supply and demand. So if there's little supply and a lot of demand, we're going to raise the prices up to slow the demand down. Right. In other words, richer people get what they want. Poor people don't get anything. So I'm looking at the whole last two years. As, and, and I'm looking for those excuses um, of raising prices, which most of the price hikes that happened were artificially raised to make profits because companies made record profit over this pandemic, you know, the last two, three, three years. Uh, they made record profit and the people suffered because they had to pay more and work less, you know. So... I'm looking at all of the reasons why corporations can cheat us out of our dollars while they make so many more dollars, which is in fact the transfer of wealth. Transfers of wealth from the regular people to the rich and the elitist. And uh, that's not right. And we have to pay more attention to those kind of things. Definitely. I think that definitely... um Definitely very important as well, and, and um, I like how you mentioned the um, wealth transfer of power and, and all the money made during the pandemic because that um, that kind of segues into my current event, and I have a little um, audio clip that I'm gonna play here for us, but it um, is dealing with the Pfizer in the European Euro, in the European Union, um, not the the 
the director of Pfizer didn't decide to show up to court, but so he sent someone else because apparently he didn't want to have to answer the questions that would be in there. But what I'm about to play is a short clip um, from that, and then I think um, it'll be interesting for me and Richard to discuss because I think it'll have a lot of um, to do with what he was just talking about with the prices and the um, price gouging as far, but it's definitely with um, not so much the, not so much as the price gouging, but the wealth transfer and how. Um, this could be have a useful tool for that. So let us listen to that clip right now for us. Plus, the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market. If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping the immunization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. Okay, yes. And so, as you just heard, um, the, as the last lady clearly admitted that the vaccine was not tested before it hit the market and that they had to move at, which is, I just find this hilarious every time I hear this, the speed of science. I just, make sure y'all heard, she said they had to move at the speed of science to make sure that the vaccines hit the market and, um, I guess to save time in a manner. And this was just, uh, when I found about this video, I heard about this, I was just, I mean, I was blown away. I wasn't surprised just, you know, given the research and all the things that I look into. But now that everything is starting to come out, but I, I was, I was definitely, I'm not going to lie, it definitely did make me feel very, very bad because a lot of people's lives were drastically changed because they didn't want to take the vaccine and you know so many people were ashamed of like you're you know you're killing grandma you're not caring about anyone else we had to stop the spread you know the um you know they were you couldn't travel out the country if you didn't have the vaccine you know certain jobs were firing people because they weren't taking the vaccine which is like coercion you know so it's like and, you know, all the, all of this was based off of, you know, the vaccine stop transmission. The, the buck stops with you. I mean, all the, I mean, I, I wish I had a sound clip of all of all the things they said about the vaccine and how it would just definitely stop transmission and protect you and protect others. And those who don't want to get it are endangering society and endangering themselves. You know, it was just on and on and on and on and on. And now, here we are, and that we come to find out. Now, it's not that he didn't add. He said, "Was it tested?" And she said, "It wasn't even tested." So, how, I mean, now we just ask, how do you even get the precedent to say you, it stopped transmission if you didn't even test for that? I'm just, I mean, what? Uh, right. What, how? I mean, Richard, what do you have to say? I mean, let me. Oh man, I have to say like. Uh... I've been harassed too, you know. <laughs> I didn't take the vaccine, and they're looking at me like, "What is wrong with you, man? You didn't take the." Well, I'm I'm asking questions. Well, why would I take the vaccine? So all I heard was the same talking points that was on TV. But my thing was, okay, well, you take the vaccine, and I let my immune system handle it, and I'm good. Like you know. Why would I pass it on to you um, because I didn't take the vaccine, but you can't pass it on to someone else since you took the vaccine? Like, what's going on with that? Right? Right, right. Didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense to them either because they just stopped talking. You know, there's no more debate. It's just like, no, you bad. Right. Me good. Right? So, yeah, it was a mess, man, because people were coerced into thinking one thing. And when she said, move at the speed of science, well, that's pretty slow. Science, I mean, like, if you were doing it for real, scientifically, <laughs> it wouldn't be out as fast as it was. <laughs> right? Right. 
And, oh, yes, continue. But Oxymoron, <laughs> you know, like, hello. Oh, Richard. Yes, I think you just hit that one on. I think you just hit that one on the um on the head with that one. It's like. I, if, if you're moving at the speed of science, like like we know any other vaccine to take, it takes years and years. Because right, they would have tested to see <laughs> if it stops transmission. <laughs> and, and so I think, and this is the, and this is another thing too as well because this is um, it's always you know the apology is never is as loud as the you know the claim. And not that this wasn't an apology, because it wasn't an apology. No one apologized for anything. She just admitted, like, well, yeah, we didn't test for transmission. But I mean, I mean, this we 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 played a, a clip that was on. You know, the clip was from Fox News. Is you know, is, I guess once that you know, broken clock is right twice a day or something. I guess we can say with that one. But it was just, in a sense, I was just, you know. This you would you would think more people would have heard about this. You would think, um, you know, Richard, have you did you have have you heard about that before? You know, we we heard about that clip about the. Uh, no, the, I was just using common sense with people, <laughs> like you know, you catch a cold, right? You get you, you have to have a just a, a bacterial a viral infection in your body, and then after your cold is gone, you did whatever you had to do. Seven days later, you're good. Now you can go back and you can interact with people. And, and they're not going to get sick because your body handled it already, right? Okay, so what's the difference with this stuff? Same thing. It's in the same family as, you know, the virus that produces flus and stuff. So I'm thinking logically, like, okay, um, if I get COVID, I'll let my body handle it. And then after my body handle it, I'm done until I get it from somebody else again or you know, right. and then even at that point, your body already handled it, and right. now it has this built like, up the immunity, right? And it's know. ready. If it happens again, it's going to make short work out of it, right? That's how the body's immune system works. So when I got tested to see if I had the antibodies, which will indicate whether or not I've been infected with it, they said, "Yeah, you have the antibodies." Okay, so that means that I've had COVID before. I didn't know when because it wasn't an event that made me say, oh, I must have COVID, you know? I mean, like I had runny nose, you know? And I was sneezing and I felt like I had, you know, a cold, but knowing my body takes care of it in a certain amount of time, if I do the right things, three days later, four days later, maybe five days, it's gone. And that's what happened. I never thought twice about it until the doctor told me, well, you had it because you have the antibodies for it. My body built up the resistance to it. So, um, and then I get beat up by friends and family. Right. You know, they don't want to be around. You know, so anyway, they, they didn't have the logic. They didn't bring the logic to the debate. Yeah, and I, and I think it's just, um, I think it's just something we definitely should um, shout into the bullhorns and be more um, kind of vigilant about because this, um, I think really sets a very, uh, very different precedent with everything that's just going forward with everything with the pandemic and and um, everything else. Because even now, I think um, the CDC was saying that they approved it for they approved the vaccine for um, the 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 child. Uh, Approve, approve the vaccines for the for the kids to go back to school. So it's not that that you require it to go back to school, but the CDC was saying, okay, we will we we would recommend that it be put on the list. So this is what they're saying. They're not saying that they are requiring it for immunization, but the CDC is saying we rec- we recommend that you put it on the list. Yeah. And so and it's children I, under six, right? Right, and I'm like... They even, you know, like, why would you... And then I'm thinking, like, follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. Oh, okay, that makes it easy. So the pharmaceuticals can make a lot more money when they expand the ages of the people that they are going to now uh, have um, this vaccination for. So, like, how many millions of children are out there under six, six and under? So that's a lot more people now that you can sell a vaccine to. So it's really, it's all about the money because if they really educated us, <clears throat> then we can come to our own conclusions 
and then we can decide whether or not we want to take it. But if they force it on you, you will rebel. You will push back. But they don't force it on you. They're, they have learned how to get you to ask them for it. Right. They learn how to get you to even beg them for it. Exactly. Please give that to us right. after they scared you half to death. Exactly. Now you're going to go and ask for the poison. Right. right? And, and and this is important because this makes it so when something happened to you because you took the poison, they're like, well, you asked for it. You, I mean, right. you, want, you, you rushed us. Not, not our fault. Right. You, I mean, you rushed us. You want to take our time. Y'all were screaming, saying you were dying, all the deaths a day. I mean, you rushed us. It was... I mean, it, it was awful. I mean, we only did it because you, I mean, you asked us. We didn't make you do it. So we wanted to take right. our time, and you were rushing us. So, I mean, right. it's just, it's only, you know, so this is, like you said, Richard said, this is the double, you know, this is the games they'll play to, like you said, not to coerce you and do something. It's not co- coerce you and do something. It's not the same as it used to be where they would just forcefully do it and then you're like, okay, I'm going to rebel because you're making me try to do it. He's like, no, like I said, they're doing a lot more social engineering, you know, look at the Tavistock Institute, the Build the Bird groups, these type of meetings and things. This is what, you know, this is what they discuss at those type of places, you know, how to, how to socially engineer people to kind of get them, steer them in a the direction we want to go. We have this agenda, these things people need to accept. How do we get them? How do we, you know, what can we cause the society to help them better accept these things? And yeah. They're not accepting it fast enough, so make it mandatory that they have to have one if they want to come to work tomorrow. Right. And, and, and see, and that's the thing, too, because I'm looking, I just found the, the Rutgers fact check. Not that we we trust Rutgers because the fact checkers are, you know, that you know I think a lot of things have been going on with them, especially when it comes to the money and who's been sponsoring them. But it says U.S. CDC advisors approve adding COVID shots to vaccine schedules. So it says yes, like the CDC advisors say, okay, we approve these vaccines for, you know, the scheduling. So if the if someone wants to. You know, you know, if the states want to go into the process of mandating them, you know, we we already kind of approved these, and so, and that's just, and I'm and like, and all of this is on the heels of the, you know, did did no one hear about the European Union court case? I mean, you know, these are, this is in the political arena. These are, you know, political professionals. I'm pretty sure they should have or would have heard. Hey, did you hear uh, Pfizer? They didn't um. They, they were in court and they said they didn't even test the transmission of the vaccine. Did they just miss that? I mean, we, me and Richard are just two guys, you know, on the internet. And we we, stump, we stumbled across and they found this out. Did, did our politicians in the CDC miss that part where they said they didn't test it and they just don't know? Do we need to send the clip to the CDC so they can know to, you know, see if we can do something about this recommendation or this approval or, you know, maybe I'm just asking because this is just, you know, I think it's just something we should really look more into because um, it's just, it's just been interesting. It's just been an interesting topic. Um, And you know, I don't understand flu shots, you know, like every year they're selling these flu shots and people are getting them and I'm, thinking like, okay, I remember being around people who were sick with the flu and I was interacting with them and very close to them and I didn't get sick. And I realized that my diet and my behavior, excuse me, is um, the first protector, you know, the first line of defense for those type of things. And I proved my point by not getting sick around sick people. And I'm realizing that you don't need a flu shot. What does that do? It gives you the flu so your body can build immune systems up so in case you get the flu somewhere else, you know, that you'll be affected. You know, they're supposed to be giving you a low dose uh, uh, a part of the flu. Um, but still, like, you're, you, you had the flu last year. I mean, like, don't you have some immunities to it? I mean, if you get it, if you have a poor diet, your immune system has been depressed. So now you're going to be running nose, coughing, sneezing, in the bed, maybe not being able to go to work. 
uh, because of your lowered immune system. So what the doctor should be telling you is how you can maintain your a high immune system to keep you from having to be sick and suffering through the winter season. But they won't tell you that because, you know, they're not making any money off of telling you how to right. stay, keep from being sick, right? Because you wouldn't be in the hospital at that point. Though. Right, right. So they're all making money. It's like you go to these fast food and processed food places and you eat that junk because it's not junk food. It's either junk or it's food, right? So you go to, you eat all this junk and now your body can't maintain its, um, you know, its, its efficiency, its, its health level. So now you come in contact with something which we come in contact with every day, bacteria and viruses all the time. So you come in contact with something now your body can't handle it. So you go to McDonald's, you eat McDonald's food, then you go to the doctor, you go to the hospital. And it just seems like there's this cycle, one feeds into the other. So. They're going to take your money. You're not going to get better. Your body's going to handle it while you drink your cough syrup. And your body's going to handle the, the thing, whether it takes seven days or ten days. But eventually, your body's going to handle it without the cough syrup, right? They're going to give you some stuff. But if you just let your body do it, your body's going to do it. At the end, you're going to be okay. But no, I got to get better in three days. So I need these chemicals and all of these pills and, and stuff like that. And then I take these pills and I'm better in three days. Well, what happened is, is that they just mask it. <laughs> you know, you're still sick. You just can't feel it as much, right? So that's it. So now you're out of some money and, and, and you know, it's, it's just a bad scene if you don't know, if they don't teach you how to take care of yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one, um, one of the biggest things that even are coming up with that too as well because I think even when it comes to um, not taking care of ourselves, I think that leads us into kind of segues into our even our next topic of um, transhumanism. And you may ask, okay, Kane, well, how does you know not taking care of ourselves lead into transhumanism? Well, I said leading to transhumanism for this reason because that one of the main pitching points of the transhumanism movement is going to be, well, we can augment humans to make us better, to make us, you know, cure us from cancers, cure us from sicknesses. We can edit out these certain sicknesses in our genes. We can, you know, give certain, make certain traits to be desirable. And so we can, you know, if we can augment ourselves with these robots or these other things, we will have more longevity and not die as soon, right? This is, I mean, this is what they'll say, you know, or we can, you know, granted, I guarantee you, you know, God forbid if it does come to pass, you know, it'll probably, it'll be only used for the the rich and, you know, the people that can afford it, like anything that's like super beneficial in society, you know. And the people who can't afford it will just be, you know, have to go without. And so it'll be, you know, it'll the the premise is always made that it'll be for the betterment of humanity when it all, all usually only ends up being the betterment of just the um, corporations and uh, oligarchy and then you know, um, uh, what are, um, monarchy and those type of you know families and ruling classes. And so I think this is another thing. Uh, a very important thing to look out for because even just to um, just to make sure we are all clear, I just want to give a definition of trans a, de- a definition of transhumanism as well, so we all can kind of understand what we're talking about. And it is the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations, especially by means of science and technology. And so it basically you know, going against, basically using technology and science to go against nature, in a sense. And so I think that's the one of the biggest things that, um, and that'll be, like I said, our health and longevity be, will be one of the big pitching points that they would use to try to pitch the transhumanism idea to us when um, probably, probably, ultimately, it'll probably make us um, less healthier and more reliant on the state or the government to be at an optimal, to be at an optimal um, health capacity versus being able, um, 
being able to get our own nutrients and things that um get make us make us um uh healthy and on our own capacity so what you know eating our own foods growing our own foods in our gardens things of that nature that give you know give us um a boost to our immune system that we wouldn't have to rely on the state for well, we need to update your um we need to update your software because you know this is just anything that makes you more dependable on the state it's not a good thing especially when it comes to your health and well-being and longevity and so um i mean richard, richard what do you have or think anything about the kind of subject well they're slowly getting us ready they're slowly preparing us you know the same way that you ask for those vaccines it's the same way you're going to ask for these uh, artificial parts right. in your body okay they're going to trick you you know or you're going to be tricked anyway i mean they don't have to trick you i mean like they just say these things and then you just do these things that they say but yeah transhumanism okay so like i can understand in the medical field you know you have soldiers that lose limbs so you have these um what are they called there's a word for the appendages that they attach to you know what's left of your limb right and then they can use um you know, they, they've done the experiments for the last 20, 30 years leading up to today, where they put the probes on your head uh, and patch you into the computer to where they can see your brain waves and they can monitor the activity in your brain when you are asking for your fingers to move, right? So the process of you thinking about your fingers moving, um, it, 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 it um, you know, you can see the interaction inside of your brain in a certain area of your brain. So now they tap into that part to learn more and then they understand the signaling that's involved in it. So now they're using computers to take that information from your brain, feed it to those prosthetics and then allow the prosthetics to move. So now that I have a prosthetic on and I can move my fingers of the prosthetic like as if it was my normal natural hand, right? So, okay, I can understand that thing. Um, and then there's other ways that um, getting help, like if you're going out to outer space, so you're going to need robots to do the things that humans can't do. Okay, so maybe the robots need a little bit of, uh, I don't know, humanism. Uh, right. Right? Transhumanism. There's a robot out there with a human-like brain or something, right. you know? There's the old-fashioned movies where they just take the head off of a person and put it on a body, right. I mean, put on, it on, on a robot, right. right? So, I mean, pretty much that's what, where they're going right. with this transhuman thing. So now it could be used for good, it could be used for bad. Well, guess what? We already have a history of how corporations treat us. So corporations are going to take over your government, whether it's your federal government or your state government. They're going to take it over. They're going to be the ones calling the shots, making the laws and all these things that's going to help corporations, but it's not going to help you. It's not going to help me. So we have to really keep our eyes on where they're going with all this stuff, right? We need to be involved with it too. Um, we need to take our government back because right now they're paid for lock, stock, and barrel. So both parties, right? It used to be like, oh, the Republican Party, they're the ones for the corporations and against the people. Uh, Democratic people, Democratic Party is supposed to be for the people um, first uh, and not the corporations. But now it's like the line is being blurred. You know, I guess the Democrats for the people, the House of Representatives, they want to get paid by the corporations too. They want to be corrupted. So that's where they're heading. A lot of them are just, you know, pay me, pay me. I do what you want me to do and say what you want me to say. So that's how we get our government corrupted by corporations and tents. So we have to keep an eye on that too. Yes, and I see, and I think that's very important because when we're talking about, like Richard said, slowly slow steps into moving into the transhumanism, it's just like he said, it'll be slowly and slowly begging us. I think um, one thing that may fly I think as quiet as it kept I think the vaccines are 
partially a a small way in doing that because I don't think um, more people, you know, most people realize again how the technology and the vaccine works. I think as we've explained on you know in the previous episode, but just very briefly that it inscribes your mRNA to produce the spike protein. So it's basically telling part of your genetic code because you you have the mRNA and then you have the DNA, you know, different parts of your genetic code and you have protein. So, you know, different parts of the DNA sequence. Um, So the vaccine is telling the messenger part. So it's basically, you know, the DNA is the hard drive that you all, you know, all of their information is accessed to make whatever biological structure you're going to make. The mRNA goes and access the DNA to pick out the information to inscribe into your cells and proteins or your proteins and then your cells to tell your cells and proteins, okay, you're a liver cell, you're a kidney cell, you're a you know, brain cell, all of that comes from the mRNA and DNA messaging. So the vaccine takes your mRNA and gives it a sequence or tells it to, hey, code this into their cells. So now, instead of like Richard was saying before, where the vaccines give you a small piece of the disease and lets your immune system fights it off, this is telling your mRNA, telling your cells to produce the spike protein. That's different. So it's basically telling your cells to, hey, I want you to start producing this um, spike protein from COVID instead of giving you a small portion of spike protein. So now the people are becoming spike protein factories. And just even when I kind of heard this and understood this, I was like, hold on, wait, you're gonna give me something that changes my mRNA? Like, you know, this is, this sounds serious. Like, even if I don't know what it is, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I was like, I'm not a geneticist, but as much as I know about genetics, it just sounds like I don't want to do that. You know, this is experimental technology. You had to get experimental approval. You you tried to do it two, three times already and got denied. It's like, yeah, I don't, I think I'm going to pass on this. And see, and then so now it's even, um, and there was, um, you know, because even now I'm looking at a fact check. Not, or I don't want to, it's from US Today. I don't know if it's a fact check, but it's from USA Today. And I do think they do fact checks. And it says fact, oh yes, because it says fact check. Fact check, COVID-19 recipients are still human. Vaccine doesn't affect the DNA. And the date is says 7-14, October 31st, 2022. So this is somewhat recent. You know, this is, what is it, the third, the fourth today? And this was in 2022 of uh, October. And so, yes, you'll go, it's on USA Today. You can type it in and you will see this, you know, claim and fact check of like yes you know then I've there are other links I've seen the CDC link that says myths and facts about COVID you know CDC will also say no COVID does not change your DNA um, and then I also because then there's another article I'm also seeing a Swedish study on COVID vaccines and DNA misinterpreted this is another one that's very important because they're they're saying that, okay, there is a study that's somewhat saying something about DNA, but it's just being misinterpreted. Now, you're not interpreting, you, you, you basically, you don't have reading comprehension. You know, your reading comprehension isn't that good. So, it, you, it, the study is being misinterpreted. And I'm like, wow. Um, and it says, claim, a Swedish study shows that Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine tasing recipients DNA. So, I was like, okay, let me, let me go find the study. So I go, find us the inner, intercellular reverse transcript of Pfizer Biotech COVID nineteen mRNA vaccine BNT one six two V two in vitro and human cell and human liver cell line. Um, it says by Marcus Aldrin or Marcus Alden and a bunch of other names that I do not even want to try to pronounce. Department of Clinical Scientists, Lude, uh, Lude, Lude University, L-U-N-D, um, Sweden. Yes, so this is, because that's what that says right there, Richard. 
right here, Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So this is this is the study that they're talking about that they said people are misinterpreting. I just wanted to, you know, confirm that this is the same study we're looking at. And it says abstract right here, so it gives an abstract um, overview of what goes on in the study. So let us read. Let us read. It says preclinical studies of COVID nineteen mRNA vaccine B B N T. 162BN developed by Bizo, B2. but I mean, uh, oh, B2, excuse me. So again, it's BNT162B2 developed by Pfizer and Biotech showed reversible hepatic effects in, in animals that receive the same uh, BNT162B2 injection. Furthermore, a study showed, a recent study showed that SARS CoV 2 mRNA can be reverse transcribed and, in, and integrated into the genome of human cells. I'm going to read that, 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 that sentence again because, you know, the study said we were misinterpreting the study. So I just want to make sure that the English is correct. It says, furthermore, a recent study showed that SARS CoV 2. Uh, RNA can be reverse transcribed and re and oh and integrated into the genome of the human cells. Richard, that is what that says right there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, it says in this study we investigate the effect of being being T one six two B two on the human liver cell. Um, Han seven in vitro Han seven cells were exposed to being T. 162B2 and quantitative PCR was performed on mRNA extracted from the cells. We detect high levels of BNT162B2 in Han7 cells and charges in gene expression for long interspread nuclear element, which is in, let's see, which is an indigenous reverse trans trans what is that one let's see trans scriptase in human in human crim- let's see hold on immune cause that's, that's like immune system immunohistory chemistry using antibody bonding to line one opening Reading frame mRNA binding protein of Han 7 treated with BNT162B indicated that increased nucleus distribution of line 1 PCR on the gen- genetic uh, genomic DNA of Han 7 cells exposed to BNT162B2 amplified the DNA sequence unique to BNT162B2. Our results indicate a fast uptake of BNT162B2 into human liver cells line, including the change in line 1 expression and distribution. We also show that the BNT162 mRNA is reverse transcribed intercellularly into DNA as fast up into 6 hours upon BNT162B into exposure. So not only do they say it does, they even say they have the time frame. They say it happens within six as fast as up to six hours. And so this uh, this is just another thing I want to kind of point out. You can all go look up this study as well, and just um, if you want to find it, you can just really type. Uh, you can type in what did I type in there to Google? I typed. MRNA DNA liver because it's talking about um, the keyword here is the liver cell because if you type in liver that is what will pull, pull up the actual study that the people did because it was a study that was done on the liver so I typed in MRNA DNA liver and this was the first uh, link that popped up because I'm pretty sure if you type in MRNA it changes DNA, you're going to get all the fact checks to tell you it doesn't do that. So you have to, you know, type it into Google a certain way if you're really looking for the things you want to um, look for. 
Oh, and, and so that is just, and I'm also looking at a Rutgers fact check that says the same thing. Swedish study did not find that COVID-19 um, vaccines permanently alters human DNA. I mean, unless I just, unless I wasn't reading what I just read correctly, I mean, unless, or there's some new study, I just, I don't know, you know, I mean, but the fact. And, and see, that's the reason why you have these um, these uh, tests, these um, trials that's supposed to be moving at the speed of science, right? <laughs> because we're not supposed to be worried about that because we're not getting any of that stuff. Right. That is supposed to be tested in labs and then tested with the animals and then tested with people. And then once that's all satisfied, now you can ask people to line up. Right. And tell them what they what they're getting, and then you will all already also know that this is the line of clinical trials that had to be done by law because you can't go around experimenting on people. Right. You just say, hey, try this. Right. Uh oh, that didn't work out. Right. So like we we shouldn't even be concerned about this because this shouldn't even be an issue. Right. Exactly. And I think that's um I think this is why. It even goes back to what Richard said about, um, you know, redoing our governments and reshaping uh, um, these, uh, you know, reshaping these things into the society because no one is telling us these things. We're having to, you know, go find these things out ourselves. They're quietly being announced. And then, you know, every step of the way is something that's being announced. There's a fact check right there to say, no, that's not true. It's not happening. And, you know, just as, like, so many, you know, things, they, they were saying that about the, you know, the um, periods, you know, the, the menstrual cycles in the COVID and how the COVID, you know, wasn't, or the vaccines weren't affecting the menstrual cycles. And then they come to find out, oh, that, that, that was happening. And so it's just, it's, you know, I think it's a, a real important thing because when we, you know, it's, you know, either either this transhumanism has already begun because people are slowly, you know, genome your genome has slowly been changed, and it, and it's like, well, okay, well, even if it was, it was just a small one that just made me, you know, you know, people may say, well, I'm still a person because I don't have any, you know, different like animal type of DNA in me. I'm not like a hybrid, or you know, but it, it's just I think it's the precedent of that. It's a small step in that direction you know and so that's the that's one of the biggest things that we want to look out for because it you know it starts it starts with one small step in the stands and then next you think you know you're to every you know it's you're taking a hundred steps in the sand and so it's yeah i think that's one of the one you know it's a it's something to definitely be on the lookout for because um one the the transhumanism is serious, but then uh, two, I think it's already slowly being introduced to us um, suddenly without us being known, without it knowing. Yes, it is. And even transgender. Oh, yes. Right? Mm. <clears throat> That's yes. a part of the whole mm. picture. Yes. This transhumanism thing. So there's like parts over here, parts over there, yes. parts over there. There's all these different parts that's working on different parts of this transhuman thing. And they're gonna be assembled somewhere, yeah, right? It's like Voltron, they're gonna yeah, assemble, <laughs> assemble together like a transgender Voltron. Yeah. And and now we're looking at you know they have practice with that because mm-hmm. like uh, space travel, spaceships mm-hmm. and stuff. You have different parts of the spacecraft made in different parts of the country and even other parts of the world, other countries of the world. And then they all gets uh, gets assembled in Florida, right. right? And then they roll it on out to the site that they're going to blast off and, and you know uh, so I see transhumanism as being a um, the result of all of these other experiments yeah, and things yes. right Frankenstein yeah, stuff tough, yeah. you know, Dr. Frankenstein right yeah, that's, and, I, and I think um, I think you I think that was one of the most uh, crucial points that uh, have been made tonight it's like you said there are sections in other places all coming together into it because it's the um just just even just like we you know are going over in society having these these discussions of well what is a man what is a woman Mm -hmm. you know it's like those are you know like you said the transgender movement is a is like you said another small component to that as well because they have to get us to not 
see man as man, woman as woman, for us to be like, well, if I'm not a man or a woman, I could be a hybrid robot. Right, you know? right. So it's, it's easier to go from there to there. Yes, right? exactly. I'm a transgender. Okay, I can be a robot. Right, we're right. <laughs> a trans, trans robot. robot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so exactly, right. That's like what you said. It's easier to take you from here to to over there. And I think that's um, I think that's a very big important thing because that is um, always been a psychological tactic of the colonizer. You'll definitely, you know, if I can just get you closer to where I want you to be, it may not be there, but I can get you closer, it's easier to get you there from right. here. Right. And so right. I think Absolutely. that's I think that's one thing we want to um, keep in mind and make sure that we're uh, being aware of because this is, um, like we said, it's something that is uh, very serious. Uh, I mean, even as we're going through society, but even as time go on and you know more seeds get planted, definitely something that's going to become um, a, a much bigger issue if we let it. So with that, um, um, Richard, anything you want to have in closing as we wrap up? Yeah, the colonizer is still colonizing. <laughs> For sure, that's definitely. Um, I definitely think that's one thing we have to see, and it's just this is colonization 2.0. Right. You know, the colony is, is gone from just purely I'm, I'm beat you upside the head and take your money and, and things to where like okay now like you said I'm gonna get you to beg me for it yeah. that's the that's yeah. the new tactic getting you to ask for your own colonization that way it, again it's like well you wanted it so I mean we you know where we gave it to you, it to you. back now yeah exactly and so that's um where a lot of that is going for a lot that's happening too. So again, we thank you for joining us here on the Almond Rock Connections. I am your host, Kane, and I all join here with my co-host, Richard. And I we always appreciate you thanking for um we always appreciate you for appreciate you for joining us here. Thank you again so much. This is the Almond Rock Connection where we tell where you're listening um where we tell our story and history where it reveals the mystery. And so we'd like to thank you. Like I said, thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.